him. They make the trade for DJ Moore, and he changes that quick. Meanwhile, set up a screen to Herbert. Gets a block, makes a cut, breaks a tackle. Herbert across the 25 and a first down for the Bears. So how do the Bears respond? It's Fields on the move. First read, not there. Fires, and that is caught. That's a strike to Moon. Blitz coming. Fields spins away on his feet. Looking to throw. Now we'll tuck it around. Oh, good move. And a first. And a lot of people miss. More importantly, picked up the first down. Here's Foreman right off the gut. Deontay Foreman breaking tackles, and he's got a big run. As there are two men around him, they make the. Fields, quick drop throw, Moore in stride, breaks another tackle, and he's inside the 10. And everyone trying to bring him down. Pressure on his own. Third and long, pressure on Fields, he's in trouble. Gets out of one play, gets out of carry. Fields making moves up to the 20. Timeout in their pocket. Well, looking in trouble, and he's decked by Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe has his first Bears set. He's the win. Bears going quicker here. They give it to Johnson again. He got a little spark. Oh! What a shoulder and a first down. Roshan Jones. Blitz coming from Green Bay. Fields loads up. Going to end zone. That's Moody. He's got it. Touchdown, Chicago. Johnson. Head down. In for the touchdown. So the rookie. Welcome to another fun filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown here. That's me. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter, X in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You follow my Kim McGee on the Twitter, X and Kim McGee on the IG. Make sure you download this Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you uh, follow War Media on all social media platforms at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can hit us up in the comment section by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give your fools the Green Bay Packer boot. <laughs> Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and give the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Android, your personal PC, your Chromebook, like I'm using right now. Just head over to the Google, Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know, we will provide. 
Yes. And a little yes, bit off today. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after just, what just happened yesterday. off is good grief. <laughs> yeah, after, yeah, after everything that happened yesterday, of course. We will recap, though, at the, the highlights you, you, know, you saw. The few highlights are were from, of course, the big Fox Network who uh, tele, televised the game yesterday with uh, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt on the call there. And, uh, of course, we'll also uh, we'll talk the rest of the NFL week one slate as well. Some very interesting su- uh, surprising performances. And, of course, the return of studs and duds. Of course, baseball, U.S. Open recap, and a whole lot more. So, Sid, uh, let's talk about the Bears for the next 10 minutes. Yay. What the hell is that, Lakina? And I'll ask our uh, Sports on Chicago listeners and viewers that on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. What the hell was that yesterday? You barely put up 20 points. Your first seven possessions, listen to this, Lakina. Mm-hmm. Two field goals, two turnovers. And three punts. Let me repeat that one more again, as you young folks would say. Your first seven possessions included two field goals, two turnovers, and three punts. And you had four to five months to prepare for this? This was inexcusable, Lakina. I know that the players ultimately get the blame when they lose, and they get the credit when they win. But this was all on the coaching staff yesterday, Lakina. It starts for a head co- from head coach Matt Eberflus on down from him to offensive coordinator Luke Getze. I know he's in year two uh, of his system. I'm talking about Luke Getze, but if you listen to Justin Fields' presser yesterday following the game, he said that was the game plan. Did you notice anything, Lakina, that uh, watching that yesterday? Did you did, did, did you ever remember Fields taking a, a deep shot down the field? Uh, no, yes or no? I know of nothing. Nope. Never okay. Heard, I've never heard him say that. Nope. Now, what that tells me is that Justin Fields basically told on the coaching staff and said that whatever the game plan that was for yesterday, that was garbage. Now, we said on Friday that Green Bay does have a good defense. And you saw that yesterday. And DJ Moore only had two catches for uh, 20-something yards, I believe it was. He wasn't mm-hmm. in the game plan. And I don't know about you, Lakina, but I you should pay it to – Pay attention to had time adjustments. Did you see any any that were made yesterday? Because I didn't. Maybe you saw something that I did. Well, I, I mean, it's just like good grief. I mean, I know everyone was surprised. I mean, they, oh, everyone had like a spring in their stuff. Oh, this is gonna be a new era. There were some comments that were made. I think, I think it was what was it? Jalen Johnson made the comment where, oh, it's new era. We're gonna kick the Packers' butts. And even the Bears social media, uh, you know, page. If you saw, oh, it's a new era. You know, wait, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What? You haven't done anything yet. Why would you even say such a thing? You know, and Johnson's comments. Like, why the hell would he even say that? And I'm sure. And I think I think J.R. Alexander even said too. And maybe saw his presser on the on the Green Bay side. I mean, they, you know, they felt they felt kind of disrespected that you know they were kind of you know thought oh well Aaron Rodgers is gone. It's going to be easy. You know, Jordan Love's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. You know, and this and that. Well, I mean, look, Jordan Love actually wasn't too bad. I mean, what you know, 50 for 27, three touchdown passes, and I said, and he only was sacked once. Let me say that again. He was only sacked mm-hmm. once, uh, whereas Fields was sacked what four times, four or mm-hmm. five times. No, that that O line is not very good. And look, you had okay, you saw a little bit of flashes, you know. But by the time they had that touchdown pass, they, you know, right at the end of the third quarter, it really didn't mean anything. So you know, it, it's just like, good lord, you know, Aaron Jones, as he usually does, did his thing, you know, kind of brought the game over. And of course. He tweaked his hand straight, so they, you know, I, I, the game was already out of hand by then, so it really mm-hmm. didn't, 
that 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 game that that score didn't really matter. Of course, he did have a touchdown catch and a, a, a rushing touchdown, but you know AJ Dillon was able to do his thing. So that 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 you know I I, I look I'm 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 astounded by this. <laughs> like maybe less talky and more actually playing. And I don't want to hear. And I'm like what Rex Ryan said on Get Up uh, this morning. You had four or five months to prepare. It's not like you guys just you know like had like two or three weeks. You had four or five months. So. I don't want to. You don't want to make you overreact too much because it's only been one game. But I'm mm-hmm. seeing sort of the same old, same old, and I don't like it. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina as we review the, uh, the Bears' 38-20 loss to the Green Bay Packers on the late front from yesterday. Shout out to our guy Jason Palmer. He was on Shine and Maya in the morning this morning um, discussing his thoughts. What's up, Cuz? Is on tonight, live mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Hub Chicago. So stay tuned for that. Shout out to him and Miss Patty Lauer on the on our text line here. Uh, so keep those comments coming. Lakina, I want to go to the offense. They started off the, the first drive of the game okay. You know, Khalil Herbert getting some touches with some screen passes here and there. So, okay, this Bears team is starting to look a little bit different. But as the game went along, Justin Fields, in my opinion, didn't have enough time to go through his progressions. We talked about this all preseason, Lakina. Mm-hmm. And give Green Bay defense credit because their secondary had DJ Moore and Darnell yeah. Mooney on lock yesterday. I know Darnell Mooney scored that touchdown by the end of their quarter to cut the deficit to 10 points at the time. But there was no deep shots for Justin Fields to throw, throw to yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's what, why DJ Moore is out the game. But I blame Luke Getzey for this and Matt Eberflus for this at halftime. You should have had DJ Moore go this, uh, have had him in motion so he can get him more wide open to get the ball. Because what did we say during the preseason, Lakina? DJ Moore and, and Justin Fields was going to be a nice tandem. We rarely saw that yesterday. And right. I thought that Greg Olson on Fox Sports uh, broadcast yesterday, he pointed out that when Rochelle uh, – what Roshan Johnson, Roshan um, Johnson. Yeah, uh, Roshan he was part Johnson. of that drive that got the Bears back in that game with that Darnell Mooney touchdown. Why didn't they go back to him on the next series? Yeah, I mean, he was the one that kind of look that game that that score would have been a whole lot worse if not for uh, you know, Roshan Johnson, of course, he's mm-hmm. the rookie, I think seventh round rookie, I believe. And he was the one that kind of like gave you know, the Bears that little bit of extra oomph in the off in that offense, but like I said. Yes. The game, the game was already like out of hand by then, so I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, he looks really good. I mean, hopefully you'll use, you know, they lose him, they use him more. I should say, either for me to say, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, like I said, I've seen the same old, same old stuff. I saw, okay, you know, okay, yeah, you go there, you go, he got his one sack, you know, yay, good for him, but you didn't hear his name that much. You know, Jack Sanborn, I mean, I'm, you know, he had like about four tackles, two solo tackles, but he didn't hear his name a lot. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, he got his, you know, his share of uh, tackles, you know, a tackle, couple of tackles were lost, but you didn't hear his name a, a, a lot. And it's just one of those things where you're just like, okay, you know, you thought this was going to be supposed to be this new big era. Well, I'm sorry. I just saw the same old, same old. I mean, not taking a chance with a deep guy downfield. He wasn't, I don't know, that, that, that drop that field, uh, you know, had that, that, you know, went to end up being a touchdown on the other side. That was just inexcusable on his part. I mean, you know, this is your third, this is what your fourth, third or fourth year of fields. I mean, you're not supposed to make those type of mistakes. So I'm just like, you know what? I know some people will say are shocked by, oh my God, the Packers kicked the Bears' butts again. Well, I'm not. I mean, look, look, I said when we did our picks, we didn't really, we didn't do our, our, our girl Christine, man, the cover character, but we didn't do very well. (laughs) So, you know, I was just not, but 
I'm just like, you know, no, no interceptions. You only sacked your loved ones. Love looked like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he is going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he looked like Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers out there. So I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what to say. I, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm at lost for words. I was thinking about this this morning before we went on the air today, Lakina. A couple more points before we break for the bottom of the hour. Remember we were talking. Uh, remember we were talking about during the preseason, Lakina, that second game against the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Eberflus yep. set mm-hmm. all his off- all his yep. starters, including his offensive starters. What did I tell you at the time? And shout out to I believe the athletic that I read this morning that that uh, did uh, did the uh, did Matt Eberflus. Uh, take it easy. I'm just paraphrasing it. Did Matt Evelos take it easy on these guys during the training camp? It looks like the answer was yes. Yesterday, after that horrible performance, remember what I told you at the time? We said this at the time. Uh, after that second preseason game at Indianapolis, where all the starters did not see any action, we said this. We said if they come out horrible to start the year, everybody's going to point to that second preseason game, which those starters didn't play. The Bears had a chance to change the narrative yesterday, and they didn't. And you know, you look at next year, you know, this Sunday's game coming up against against Tampa Bay. That 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 game doesn't look easy now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be easy win for the Bears. It'll probably be like one or one and one or at, at, at the at worst. And but that game doesn't look you know too doesn't look easy now. If at the what they did yesterday, but well, we'll talk about that after the break. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, and the, they had the Chiefs after that, so they could very well end up starting zero and three. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be out of it, but like you said, I mean. They didn't change a lot of people's minds. People were telling this team, like, oh, it's going to be the team that the Bears could go to a new level and this and that. Well, he started, it's the same old, same old. Yeah, one other key step before we uh, break. On third down, the Bears 3 of 13, the Packers yeah. 9 of 16. 9 of 16 yep. Let me repeat again. The Packers 9 of 16, the Bears 3 of 13 on third down. That's all you need to know. And with that, uh, we're going to take a really quick break. Of course, we're going to have uh, we got the rest of uh, week one, including some surprises and uh, a thrashing on the Sunday nighter. Well, I, I was I was tuned, I don't know about you, so if I was tuned out at that 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 Cowboys Giants cable. It was over at halftime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, we'll have our studs and does. So yeah, please, so folks, please feel free to comment if you got your own studs and does. We want you guys to be uh, be involved. So uh, yeah, we'll take your so, comments as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, you know, feel free, of course. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. The rest of week one recap coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, 
but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. All right, welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. My name is Akina McGee. You can follow me at Akina McGee on the Twitter, X and Akina Scrum on the IG. I'm Cynthia K. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. We have less than 85 minutes left for this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right. So, so where do you want to go to first? We have some very interesting uh, results here from week one of the NFL slates. Let's go down to hot Atlanta, Georgia, where the Atlanta Falcons defeated their arch rival, division rivals in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, in the debut of Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers, 24-10. Bryce Young, 146 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, Mr. Tyler Aguilar for the Atlanta Falcons, 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. 30-year tight end Kyle Pitts out of Pittsburgh for Atlanta, two catches for 44 yards. Yeah, really good show. It actually ended up being a very entertaining game, oddly enough. But of mm -hmm. course, I was watching you know, that something live via this computer screen. <laughs> yeah, it was tight. Yeah, it was tight going into the fourth quarter. But of course, yeah, the Falcons, the Falcons were too much uh, for them. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Algier, uh, who was a rookie, he had two rushing touchdowns, including I think one that kind of put the game away. So, mm -hmm. in, yeah, so you know, not a, not a, you know, like I said, a good showing by Bryce Young. He had two interceptions. 
oh, uh, threw for 146 yards and a touchdown. Is actually this actually uh, snaps a five game losing streak in uh, season openers for uh, Atlanta, which is the longest active streak, the longest streak in, in the franchise history. So they broke that mold. So some people are saying that Atlanta could be a surprise this year. So uh, this is a good start in the, in the division. So we'll see. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, the last time they won an opening game was 2017. That was the last time that franchise made the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with those dirty birds going forward. Let's go to Cleveland, Ohio, where the Cleveland Browns destroyed the Cincinnati Bengals in the Battle of Ohio, 24-3. Deshaun Watson for Cleveland, 154 yards, a touchdown in, in interception. Nick Chubb, 18 carries, 106 yards for the Browns. And for the wide receivers, Elijah Moore had three catches for 43 yards. Lakina, I did get a chance to catch some of this game live via NFL Red Zone yesterday. Uh, it was ugly to start. I did pick Cleveland to win this game on Friday when, when we did our picks. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but call me crazy, Lakina. But Joe Burrow, he didn't look that hot. But you cannot just blame just him. But it, there was no life in the Cincinnati Bengals office. Yes, the weather played a part in it because it had steady rain throughout the game. But yeah. it looks like Cleveland was more motivated and they were more prepared. Yeah, and uh, Nate Burrow's now what one in five is his career against the Browns. So they, at least at this point in his career, they they you know, the Browns have his number. I mean, he had eighty-two mm -hmm. uh, pass uh, pass yards, and a, which is a career low low for him. It's actually the first time in his career he has he threw under a hundred yards in a game. So that's. <laughs> A little bit of crazy mm -hmm. stuff there. Could, it could it be maybe because you know he didn't you know he didn't play during the preseason because of the foot injury, so maybe that played a little bit of a part. But who knows? But look, you gotta give you got you gotta give um, Cleveland credit. I mean, they were you know they brum rushed him and look they caused a couple of turnovers and it was just you know one of those things where you're just like I think what Miles Garrett had a couple mm -hmm. had a had a sack that it basically ended you know any chance of uh the the, the Bengals making a comeback so yeah a good solid uh, effort for the Browns all around yes indeed let's travel to Indianapolis Indiana and Lucas Oil Stadium where the Indianapolis Colts dropped their home over to division rival the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-21 for Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars 241 yards two touchdowns and an interception Travis Etienne Jr. for the Jaguars, 18 carries, 18 carries, 77 yards in, a, in the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. Calvin really made his return to the NFL. He had eight catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Lakina, I did watch the majority of this game via this computer screen. I thought Jacksonville came out more motivated early to start the game, but the Colts, they put up a fight. Anthony Richardson, uh, he wasn't bad in his debut. He had a couple of turnovers, but and he did look good in some instances. He still has a long way to go. If John Did Taylor, their star running back, was in the lineup, maybe, just maybe they would have pulled out the upset. But I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a player when, when this is all said and done. Yeah, he had a couple of little hiccups here and there. He was sacked four mm -hmm. times, but you know, he looked he more than held his own. He had a, a touchdown uh, pass and a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. But look, I mean, Jacksonville—they're no longer the hunters anymore. They're not a hunted. So, mm -hmm. and, and I think they're starting to realize that. Okay, wait a minute, we can't like just sleepwalk through uh, our division rivals. I mean, the Colts are look. The Colts got got some good players, so uh, they're going to be a fit for some teams. I don't think they're going to win a lot, you know, but. Yeah, they are going to be a fit. But, yeah, look, the, the Jazz did what they needed to do. I mean, they were down the fourth quarter. They were able to just enough to win that game. They scored 14 points, especially that go-ahead uh, TD uh, from ATN. So that was a, a really – look, you did what you're supposed to. Good teams, you know, find a way to get out of the holes that they make for themselves. So we got to give the Jazz credit for that.
couple of interesting plays around that game yesterday. One, did you catch that touchdown pass by Zay Jones of the Jaguars? That was one of the best catches of the day. Mm-hmm. And number two, DeForest Buckner, he yes. picked up oh, that fumble yes. for the touchdown. I forget who wore, who wears number four for the Jaguars. Dude, I know the whistle didn't blow yet, but keep your eye on the ball. Keep both hands on the ball. If you do that, the Colts are going to score that touchdown to get back in the game. I'm just saying. I got played the whistle, and shout out to Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, he called it out uh, right away. There was the whistle did not blow. Thank goodness uh, if you're a Colts fan, Divorce Buckner paid attention. One of the other defenders slapped the ball out of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, receivers' hands. Divorce Buckner picked it up and ran in there for a touchdown. That's how Indianapolis got back in the game. Apparently, was that really that was you know that, that dropped that and then you know we then hang on to it and look look they always say you play until the whistle blows so yeah you know that was a, mm-hmm. look the forest brothers has been around for for a while so you know I think look he I'm sure they told him that so you look there was a nice a nice show in there but yeah I mean look it actually ended up being a very entertaining ten game which could have been easily been a one sided victory for the Jags they had to earn that one. Let's go to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the shocker of the day took place. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they will host the Chicago Bears next week in their home opener. The Buccaneers defeated the Minnesota Vikings on the road by the score of 2017. Kirk Cousins won the Vikings 344 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. For Tampa Bay, Mr. Rashad White, 17 carries for 39 yards. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, nine catches for 150 yards. Mike Evans, no, not the actor from Good Times. <laughs> Mike Evans, a receiver from Tampa Bay, he had two touchdown catches. Even though he didn't have the contract extension yesterday, he made sure that he told everybody who was watching and listening that his value is going up. He had to made a difference when that buck in his offense yesterday in that second half. Yeah, it, and uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that. And also, to uh, Justin Jefferson, this is his ninth career uh, game with 150 plus receiving yards. That's the most by any player before turning 25 in NFL history. So, I gotta give him a shout out despite that loss. But yeah, you gotta give the defense for um, for Tampa credit. I don't think anybody thought that this was gonna be. Look, I, I, you know, we had this game here in Chicago on CBS, and uh, it, it was kind of definitely shocking. I know that uh, Christian Edson had a. a had an interception, of course. That was, of course, you know, the old, like, you know, Kirk Cousins interception. You're going to at least one. So, you know, we're going to defense there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they struggled a lot on off of, I'm talking about um, uh, Minnesota. They had 344 receiving yards, but only 41 rushing yards. Look, I know Dalvin Cook isn't there anymore. And Alexander Madsen, who, you know, had 34 of those yards, but he could have he gotten the ball more. He only had 11 carries. Mm-hmm. But you know, look, give the Bucks credit. I mean, look, they did what they need to do on the defensive side. And uh look, some people were saying that they could be a sleeper in the NFC South. So, but yeah, what a nice one for them yesterday. Real quick, what did you think about Matt Ryan's performance, Manny Ice's performances as he made his debut on CBS yesterday? I thought it was very solid. I- I'll give him a solid B plus. Yeah, I mean, I think he and uh Tiki, you know, Barber and also Andrew Kelly, I think they all play off well for each other. Uh, Andrew kind of kept it all going. He kind of like was able to. I know some people don't like three man boost, but I think look if you find the right combination of three guys, you mm-hmm. can make it work. And I think yesterday I think they showed that this could be a good team this year. Let's head down to New Orleans as this New Orleans Saints. One of my favorite did, games of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it was ugly for a while, but that's yeah, why was, yeah. when we played the Tennessee Titans. The New Orleans yep. Saints <laughs> going to beat the Tennessee Titans sixteen to fifteen. Derek Carr three hundred five yards. A touchdown and an interception in his New Orleans Saints debut. Derrick Henry for the Titans had 15 carries for 63 yards. And Chris Olive from New Orleans, their star wide receiver, eight catches for 112 yards. That's your guy from Ohio State. And uh, 
And ooh, but look, that was a very old game because uh, Ryan Tannehill had what three interceptions. So I was yeah, like, Clinton, did you see that one wide receiver reverse? I think they they uh, that play they tried down the sideline in that fourth quarter. He missed the tight end. He was open down the right sideline. If Tannehill would have hit him, I forget who that player was. If Tannehill would have hit him, the Titans would have won the game. Yeah, that was set up a, a, a game-winning field goal there, but uh, mm -hmm. of course, yeah, of course, Tannehill overshot him. So uh, unfortunately, that's what you know. But that's kind of what happens sometimes. Now the defense did have four sacks. You know, they they did they did sack uh, Carr four times, but they weren't able to you know force any turnovers. So that really didn't help them. I know that uh, Amari Hooker did have a, an interception like early on. Those three interceptions by Tannehill, like, were just brutal. I think that 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 second one to Lattimore was actually pretty bad. So. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, it was very ugly from <laughs> from Trump. But it actually, yeah. it, I mean, the ending was okay. Was okay, but yeah, that was brutal. But look, you know, that's what happens when you play the Titans, I guess. Yep. Let's go over to the Steel City, where the Pittsburgh Steelers dropped their home opener to the San Francisco 49ers, thirty-seven. Excuse me, Kenny Pickett for the for the Steelers, two hundred thirty-two yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, twenty-two carries, one hundred fifty-two yards, and one heck of a touchdown score. And Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers had eight catches, one hundred twenty-nine yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, this is another surprising score. You thought that it was going to be a little bit closer since, of course, you know, San Fran going, you know, cross country, playing a new game. But look, Brock Purdy kind of like picked up where he left off uh, last year. I mean, you know, two touchdown uh, passes. Brandon Ayuk, if you had him on your fantasy team, you know, look, I'm sure you had a nice show yesterday. 129 yards, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, another guy, 152 yards and a touchdown. I mean, just a great, a great showing by by the 49ers. And uh, look, I mean, they could get it going on offense for the Steelers. I mean, look, five, you know, picking with sack five times, and you know, Najee Harris didn't get the ball a lot. So, you know, Allen Robinson, I, I know he had like what 64 yards and only five uh, catches. So, yeah, I mean, look, that was definitely your your typical grinded out game for the 49ers. So, uh, I mean, look, I I, I guess Purdy's Purdy's uh, elbow is doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so are the 49ers overall. Let's head over next to our nation's capital where the new ownership group for the Washington Commanders, which includes uh, Basketball Hall of Famer Magic Johnson, they had a great day yesterday because they watched their commanders defeat the Arizona Cardinals by the score of 2016. Sam Hall for the commanders, 202 yards, one touchdown and an interception. James Carlin for the Arizona Cardinals, 14 carries for 62 yards. But – it was Curtis Samuel for the Commanders, five catches for 54 yards. Yeah, that was, was an ugly game, too. I mean, Arizona had the lead for a little bit, and uh, mm -hmm. you thought, you know, okay, Arizona's in tank mode, and you look at Josh Dobbs, you know, threw a couple of air throws that you thought, okay, yeah, they're definitely tanking. So, but the, look, I mean, Washington wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it was just enough for them to win that game. And, uh, yeah, I had this game a little bit on the computer, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad, but, you know. But, <laughs> But look, you can tell, like I said, look, you can tell there's actually, you know, new excitement, fresh energy with the new ownership. Mm -hmm. I mean, Josh Harris, who's the primary owner, of course, we talked about Magic uh, being one of the secondary owners. So you can kind of tell us the new, new fresh energy there down there in, in D.C. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll see if they can uh, look. Some people have the commanders perhaps maybe making the wild card. So uh, they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I think there's their home opening yesterday was his first sellout in a long time. Like almost twenty years, I think. Mm -hmm. Some somewhere around in there, yes. Give or take, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you know, but yeah, look, they just have to win that game. Uh, staying in that area, we'll look for all to Baltimore. Shout out to our buddy Spiro Diaz who had the call of this game for CBS. 
Um, twenty-five to nine for uh, the uh, as the Ravens beat the Texans. Uh, looks like, jeez, uh, it's you know J.K. Dobbins like he's gonna be out for the year after Terry does. Yeah, that stinks. Like, that stinks. Um, but you know Lamar Jackson, not a look at not not the prettiest showing. Of course, threw for one hundred sixty-nine yards, rushed for thirty-eight yards. Gus Edwards after kind of picked up the slack after um, Dobbins got hurt, and uh, the de- but the defense you know you know sacked uh, C.J. Stroud not. An okay debut, 242 yards, but he was sacked five times, so that old line was just brutal on Houston. But again, not pretty, but they did just enough to make that game. Uh, to where was it? Just enough to make uh, to win that game, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> I said this on Friday when we did our picks with Christine Manica that uh, this was going to be C.J. Stroud's welcome to the NFL moment. I actually thought he did okay, you know, for a rookie. I know that Houston is going to develop the offense as the season goes along. Of course, you have Damian Pierce there now, their second-year running back. Mm-hmm. You have Nico Collins, who had six catches for yeah. 80 yards yesterday. I think he's going to be a nice one when it's all said and done. But uh, it was, it's all about that defense right now for the Texans. A new head coach and former player, D'Amico Ryan, he has a lot of work to do. He knows that. But I didn't think the Texans did all that bad yesterday. Remember, the Ravens only scored 18 of that 25 points in the second half. The Texans kept it very close, but – just so many, like so many other young teams before, you had to go through the, the, these things to learn your lesson to hopefully uh, execute on, on those mistakes uh, when you get those opportunities. So that's what the Houston Texans are going through right now. Yeah, Zay Flowers, of course, working from Boston College, has 78 yards and nine catches. So nice little debut for him. Like, And look, if you saw the, the post afterwards, look, John Harbaugh, he'll be the first to tell you, look, it wasn't pretty, but look, they just have to win and you'll, you'll take it. So, you know, one of these kind of grinding out, you know, ugly wins, as they say. And plus, weather mm-hmm. also play a little bit of a factor, too. So I think that's a fun. But, you know, not, not bad. Pretty good if you're uh, if you're the Ravens. You'll, you'll take it. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you as we're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago as we review uh, week one from yesterday's action for the round the NFL is now head over to the late games. We'll go to Denver, Colorado, where the Denver Broncos uh, in the home debut of new head coach Sean Payton, they come up one point short as the Las Vegas Raiders defeat the Denver Broncos 17-16. Jimmy Garoppolo for the Raiders, 200 yards exactly passing yards, two touchdowns and interceptions. In one interception, I should say. Javante Williams for Denver, 13 carries, 52 yards. But Jacoby Myers for, for the Raiders was the man of the hour. Yes. Nine catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner in late in the fourth quarter. I had this game in the background here on the computer. And as, of course, the Bears game, you know, I, I, I stopped watching after the <laughs> 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 And, uh, you know, went to the went to, uh, Patriots, Eagles Patriots into this game here. And uh, just a pretty interesting game, of course. You, know, you had a good start early on. You thought that maybe Russell Wilson was going to be a little bit more comfortable with that new offense of Sean Payton's. But, you know, I know Jerry Judy is out right now, but it's just mm. like it, it, it showed a little bit of a. I knew he, I knew uh, Wilson threw for th- uh, two touchdowns and such, but, you know, Javante Williams had a, a you know, 52 uh, rushing yards. But look, I mean, you know, Cody Myers was the man of the hour there. And uh, like you said, so it was a ba- it was back and forth game, but Denver left a lot of points on the board, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Speaking of Eagles and Patriots, let's head over to Foxborough, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, where they were dealing with some weather-related issues as well, i.e. rain, where the Eagles held on for a 25-20 win over the New England Patriots. Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles had a pick six, uh, 70 yards to the house to be exact. On the flip side for New England, Mac Jones, 316 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Kenneth Gainwell for Philadelphia had 14 carries, 
with 54 yards. A.J. Brown had seven catches for 79 yards. I'll say this, Lakina, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game yet, mm -hmm. but for what I saw, unlike the Bears, the Patriots did not quit. No. No, and they could have, you know, 68, you know, Eagles went up 16 nothing in the first quarter. And look, they look, you know, they, they fought back. I know that um, you know, the defense actually was able to get they held Eagles once they settled down for a little bit. I know they uh mm -hmm. they sacked uh Jalen Hurts three times, but it was actually defense that did you know a little bit more. They were able to stop uh stop the Patriots, you know, from winning the game. And look, it ended up being a pretty entertaining game. I mean, they, they honored Tom mm -hmm. Brady. I mean, he did the whole like the drum with the lighthouse that it just opened yeah. up. He was there on the sidelines, did a little bit of commentary there for a little bit. And, you know, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those games where, like, you wonder if the weather had been better, but, you know, from jump, this would have been a little bit more interesting. And, you know, mm -hmm. maybe the Patriots would have been able to pull it out. But look, the Eagles, look, it was ugly. But look, Nick Sirianni does wouldn't mind that kind of these types of, these types right. of games. So, you know, you'll take it. And look, and, I think afterwards, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good for the Eagles right now. You want look, you want to show people like like like, like Kosiari said, nobody cares what you did last year. You're talking about this year, and look, you know, and, and, they, and they showed at least early on they did. Yes, indeed, they did. Let's head over to the West Coast now, i.e., Los Angeles, California, in SoFi Stadium, where the Miami Dolphins shot the San Diego Chargers off Los Angeles, as we call them on this show, 36-34 to a tongue of Alova for the Dolphins had 466. Passing yards, three oh. touchdowns and an interception. Our guy Jason Palmer is happy today, I'm sure. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> Austin Eckler for the Chargers had for the Chargers. Pardon my Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> had 16 carries, 117 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill was the man of the hour from the Miami Dolphins. I had him on my fantasy team yesterday. 11 catches, 215 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner late in the fourth quarter. Four sixty-six yards for Tua, and I think that's a, what I think that's the uh, the fourth most passing yards in a season opener in NFL history. Uh, mm -hmm. Noah Van Brocklin, who did it in fifty-one, uh, Tom Brady, who did it uh, in twenty-eleven, and uh, Dan Marino, who did it uh, in ninety-four. So, I, Jesus, I, I the Chargers broke my heart again. I mean, you know, Eckler. <laughs> Look, look, the Eckler, look, Eckler had a, a the guy's touchdown. I think that's great, but I think look, Mike Wednesday was hurt, so he was off for. I think he had a hamstring injury too, so he was off. Had to go off for a little bit, so that kind of mm -hmm. uh, threw everything off in the offense. That defense for the Chargers, where the hell were you for? You, you, you're gonna get the tour. Yeah, I'll say yeah. yeah for the first drive of the game for the Dolphins, like I said, I watched the majority of this game live via this computer screen. They forced a, a, a fumble on the Dolphins' opening drive, but after that, I think they and of course they had the interception. The but interception. after that, like I said, they were they were in no show. They, yeah, they did they did say, they they didn't sack Tua though. That's the thing. Exactly. That that was a problem. Zero sacks for the Chargers defense. Seriously, like what the really like they did like Eric Kendricks, you're a veteran. Where the hell were you? You oh, yeah, mm -hmm. four 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 solo tackles, seven tackles. Okay, no sacks. Duran James Jr. I mean, I know. Look, I know Tyree Hill is probably one of the, like I know he's one of the fastest guys in the guys in the league, and he couldn't stop him. But good grief! I mean, you know, you had the speed to kind of stay with him. So yeah, that that defense. So I, I mean, Joey Bosa only one tackle. I'll get to my if my son does in a second. But yeah, one tackle really. Yeah. But I'm yeah. Just, but give the um, but credit. Yeah, look really yeah. good. So I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give him credit for that. And also to give Vic Vangio credit, uh, now the new Dolphins up. Uh, Defensive mm -hmm. coordinator. They brought the house on that last drive for the Chargers. Justin yeah. Herbert had nowhere to go. No, he was. Yeah, they, they didn't know. Like, 
yeah, it was just like give the Dolphins credit. I mean, look, I mean, mm-hmm. we thought that the Dolphins defense could have struggled without Jalen Ramsey. At least so far, they're looking really good. That front seven looks, you know, just really good. So yeah, I mean, not not surprised by that, but uh, I'm I'm kind of miffed. That's all. That's all. But you know, but uh, yeah, but uh, going into Seattle, let's go up north to the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. Um, a little bit of a surprising score there. You got the Rams uh, beating the uh, Seahawks 30 to uh, 30 to 13. And look, you thought that maybe that they were going to tank this year. I'm talking about the Rams. I guess no one told them that. Three hundred yards for Matt Stafford. Um, you know, Kyron Williams, uh, two rushing touchdowns. And but it was uh, rookie from uh, BYU, Puka Nakua, had 119 yards. Also, two, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, he's a seven round pick from BYU. I remember, I remember because I remember that name. Uh, also, uh, two, two Atwell also had 119 yards. So, uh, those two combined had almost 100, uh, almost 240 yards on the flip side for uh, the Seahawks, 64 rushing yards for Kenneth Walker. Tino Smith uh, had a couple of, was sacked a couple of times, didn't have his best showing. And uh, if you heard uh, the sound, thank God for NFL films and sound, because if you saw our girl, thank you to our girl Christine for uh, giving us this little tidbit there, but uh, Alex should have posted. But with uh, the pre- the pass protection, the, the pressure, you know, it's, it's not Aaron Donald. You know, Gene was like, oh, my God. Look yeah. at that effect. <laughs> he has that effect on people. So if you guys didn't see yes. that, uh, make sure you guys look that up on Adam Shutter's uh, tw- uh, Twitter account. But uh I mean, I, I'm flabbergasted. Well, like, give the Rams credit, though. Yeah, like you said, this was shocker number two yesterday in terms of upsets. It was all about the running game, as you mentioned, for the Rams. Matthew Stafford, Stafford held his own with 334 yards passing. The Rams put this game away with 13 fourth quarter points, including 23 points overall in the second half, shutting out the Seahawks 23 nothing. Lakina, I think still, it's still going to be a long year for the Rams. And but like I say, Seattle got caught flat-footed. Uh, the Rams had all the momentum in the world. They pounced on the Seahawks' mistakes. And D- DK Metcalf, I-, I think I'll have one of my duds for him, and we'll get to mm-hmm. it in just a second. Seattle lost their cool toward the end of that game yesterday, which was not smart. I'll I'll leave the cliffhanger at that. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, so an interesting uh, score there. Another interesting score in the Sunday night game. I don't think anybody saw this. Uh, the Cowboys just hammered uh, the Giants 40 to nothing. I mean, geez, I'll get to all the all the, all the the stats with, the, uh, with them in a second. But uh, Dad Prescott didn't have his best showing. I mean, only, only 143 yards, uh, you know, but he really didn't have to do too much. So Tony Pollard had a couple of touchdowns and whatnot. I think they have, what, a – they had a, uh, wait, let me see. Let me make sure I have this right. They had, they became the third team in the NFL to record a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown all in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. They joined the 86 Bears and 1967 Bears as well. They were also the, f- the fifth team in NFL history to open the season with a shutout of 40 plus points on the road. The last team to, to do that was the uh, 99 Pittsburgh Steelers that did that, I guess, uh, Cleveland. So I don't know if, Look, if, I know Michael Parsons has been touting them uh, themselves. Look, they got they sacked Daniel Jones seven times at that Cowboys defense. They say, hey, look, uh, this is we're gonna show you why that that they were the they're the best defense in the league. At least at least this week they they they're showing that. But they have like, what yeah, you know, it, it's just like what like five or six fumble recoveries mm-hmm. and whatnot. So just a just an all out one sided domination. 
Yeah, on the flip side for the New York football giants, Daniel Jones did not look good at all. Uh, there was no Saquon Barkley. He was there, but there was not enough touches for him. There was a couple of drop balls. Of course, you had that field goal block, which was returned for a touchdown by the Cowboys. The Giants looked all out of sorts. I know if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you got to be really pissed off and rightfully so. But if you're a New York Giants fan, you really have to be upset, especially after what happened last year. Lakina, do you know how many points that the Giants defense has given up of the, their last two games? This is going back to last year's playoff loss at Philadelphia and, of course, last night to the Dallas Cowboys. Guess how many points this Giants defense has given up? Like 80-something? 78 points. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So That's not good. So, uh, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't want to make any overreactions, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Giants, oh, yeah. looks like maybe people are starting to figure out that Brian Dable offense. That's why I told you that the Giants won't make the playoffs this year. You know, when, when the rest of the league has tape on you, what you did from the year before, uh, you got to make the adjustments to what your opponent does. He's going to find that out this year. I'm talking about Brian Dable. It looks like Kevin's, um, Kevin O'Connell, to a lesser extent with the Minnesota, he's going to find that out this year too. Well, he did yesterday with a loss. but Yeah, well, he did too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my gosh. This is like I see sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you once again. Okay, Sid, uh, real quick, let's do our uh, studs and duds for week one. My three studs are the Dallas Cowboys defense, Tyreek Hill, and Jordan Love. All right. Uh, oh gosh. You know, well, look, I, I won't copy. Uh, I'll say Jacksonville. Uh, the Trevor Lawrence. Those. Uh, yeah, those last couple of touchdown. Uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, passes. And uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, I'll do that. Uh, he's the fourth. Jackson's the fourth uh, player in NFL history to have seven receptions over 100 yards. He had, like, say, 119 yesterday in his first career game, joining the likes of uh, Anquan Bowden and Sid uh, Sid Blanks, who did all the way back in 1964. So, uh, <laughs> a stud for him. And uh, yeah, let me see who else. I'll, I'll give two on my other side. I'll, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> all right. And okay, your duds. My three does. I don't know if you caught this yesterday during the broadcast, Lakina, for the Bears-Packers, but the Bears had a bunch of penalties, and which yes. which really set them back as well. They got to clean that up. But they, uh, I think it was the second drive of the game. I can't remember, but uh, it was a false start, and the referee said uh, – Ball start, and he did. She called out the jersey number. He said the whole everybody, offensive line. Yeah, everybody but the center. Yeah, the whole offensive line. <laughs> the line. Uh, so you can't get any more silly than that. But you gotta be truthful. You gotta be truthful. So my first dud would be the the Bears' offensive line. My second dud would be the whole New York Football Giants team, and my third dud uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I said, I picked Cleveland on, on our show last Friday to win, but I didn't think Cincinnati would come out as piss poor like that. Yeah, that was just brutal there. Uh, my duds, real quick. Uh, the Steelers, that's my dud. Uh, the entire Giants off, the entire Giants team, just, 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 just awful. You know, and I know NBC was not very happy about that. And uh, let's see, who else will be my dud? I'll say Minnesota, mainly because that was a very disappointing performance on their part. So uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if they, they if people are starting to figure them out. But uh, not a good performance against Tampa. That they, they there were a couple of ways they could have easily won that game, but they didn't. All right, real quickly, Kina, we, I know we're up against it, but tonight is the debut of Monday Night Football 2023 edition. You, you can see that game at 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Plus, and ESPN2. The Manicast returns. Yay! It's the New York Football Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills in this AFC East matchup. Lakina, I did pit the Jets on Friday. Uh, I'm not going to turn away 
Um, my uh, turn away from my pick. I'm going to stick to it. The Buffalo Bills are two-point favorites now. For the Jets, it's all about getting after Josh Allen tonight. If and on offense for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers uh, is obviously protected him, i.e. the offensive line. Let's see how they can get that running game going. I think it's going to be a two or three running back committee with with Dalvin Cook. He's on my fantasy team, by the way. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. And let's see how how Garrett Wilson does tonight. Uh, I want to see how this Jets offense does against this very tough Buffalo Bills defense. I think for me it's going to be about the pass rushing. I, I think we know Von Miller's still out for Buffalo. He's going to be out for a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. I, if they can get to Aaron Rodgers that pass rush, I mean, hopefully they can do that. And look, that that's going to be the key. And also that the running back, let's see how the nerves is not not necessarily the nerves, but you'll know, get all the stuff you know from nine eleven, all of you know that you know that you know that atmosphere going on there over at MetLife. I know they did with the Giants. They didn't do them. It didn't really help them. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if that's the thing. The opposite is is true for the Jets. And uh, look, it should be an interesting game uh, tonight. Like I said, I mean, look, I think it's gonna be about the pass rush. If you know, same thing with the Jets. If their pass rush, you know, Quinn Williams got his money, so hopefully, they you know, he can get mm-hmm. to uh, Josh Allen. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be very. It should be an entertaining game, nonetheless. And pay attention to this matchup tonight between Sauce Gardner, the defensive back for the Jets, not his second year, against Stefan Diggs, Diggs, the wide receiver yeah. for Buffalo. I'm looking forward to that matchup tonight. That should be, yeah. I mean, that'll be probably one of the more interesting ones. I think they're going to be seeing each other a lot tonight. So I know uh, yes. don't be surprised if Joe Buck and uh, Troy uh, call their names a lot. <laughs> but, you know, just a, a real quick, you know, uh, one bonus dud me because I had the Cowboys on my bench. They had 74 points. So that's another dud. Bonus dud for me, but, uh, you know, that's another <laughs> fancy, but whatever. But, uh, yeah, I had the Cowboys yeah. defense too. I had them on my bench, but I had the 49ers defense starting. So it's a good trade off. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say same here. So yeah, so it wasn't too bad. But I would have won. But I need Stefan Dix to have a, a good show, and I think I got Garrett Wilson too. I need both those guys to have a good show for me to win my uh, my opening. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I need both of them to play very well. So I'm looking for I'm looking for like a close game. So and it should be, but we'll see what happens. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two, straight ahead. Of course, we're gonna talk some college football. You know, after this break, of course, Colorado does it again. Uh, some interesting upsets. Is Texas back for real? We'll see. And uh, also, too, of course, don't worry, Brandon. We'll talk some baseball. We're going to talk about it in one thirty hour. I know he's been you know, asking about his Astros. Mm-hmm. I know that's just did pretty well over the weekend. But we're talking some college football. Of course, we got baseball. Then we got U.S. Open and uh, old school TV Monday, too. So a lot to do still. The second hour, the Keenan McGee, City Browns, Texas Esports, uh, Sports of Chicago, College Grid Hour coming up right after this. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. 
Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome, Welcome back. back. No, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome back to our number two of this uh, Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Keenan again on the Twitter X and Kim's going again the IG. And we have less. Uh, less than an hour left of this extravagance we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments to the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just for a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. As I'm fading away here, I'm going to adjust that in a second. So, of course, uh, yeah. we're going to talk some college football. Of course, we're going to stick with football. We're going to go on the college side. Uh, yes, I'll get it out the way just because, you know, this only game Sid actually watched over the weekend. Uh, I, okay, yeah, Colorado uh, beat Nebraska. Yay! All right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on here. Uh, there are 132 other uh, F- FBS teams besides Colorado, but I'm not. I, I digress. But uh, but look, I mean, this is look. They got consecutive games scoring at least 30 points for the first time since the, since the you know the COVID season in 2020. They had just one game in which they scored 30 points. They've already done it twice already. Um, uh, they only had one instance where they scored more than 20 points. That was a loss to Utah last year. Of course, Shadora Sanders, um, you know, threw, you know, has threw for another 438 yards. You know, he's the first uh, QB, I think, from Colorado to throw for uh, 440, almost over 900 yards. Um, first mm-hmm. Colorado um, uh, QB, I think, ever do. I don't even think Cordell Stewart did that back in the day. But, 
I mean, look, these were not the Nebraska black shirts they were playing. So I think we need to kind of you know say that, but still they didn't, there was no letdown in that game uh, from that game against TCU. Yeah. Colorado struggled in that first half and Deion Sanders talked about it. They had time. They needed to make some adjustments. The adjustments they did, they scored 23 second half points uh, next to Nebraska's 14. Lakina give Nebraska the defense credit their front four in their in their back four their secondary they kept Colorado out of the end zone they didn't let should should do Sanders do what he needed to do which he did in that second half which is scramble out of the pocket and make some connections to his receivers downfield uh, the Nebraska defense was the MVP of that first half now in the second half as I mentioned the Buffaloes turned it around including uh, Mr. Weaver. For, for Colorado, he had 10 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown. Xavier Weaver uh, for yeah. Colorado, he had 10 catches, 170 yards and a touchdown. Shadur Sanders, yes, Deion's kid can play, and he can also dance as well. So, And he can show off that arm, and that's what he did in that second half as Colorado pulled away. They got a tough one next week against the state rival of Colorado State. On the flip side for Nebraska, look, you know, I think we talked about this with uh, Dave Rebson for the Big Ten Network a couple of weeks ago. That Sims kid, the, the quarterback for yes, Nebraska, Sims. he led the Big Ten in turnovers for the last two years. I see why Nebraska can't go on. I'm not blaming everything on the on him, but he was a big reason why Nebraska couldn't pull off the upset on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where you're kind of like you're wondering, like, is he the problem? Because look, you got a new scheme with Matt Rule, so. I, I don't know if maybe he's a problem. Maybe that's not a good system for him. But I'm, they're gonna have to make the switch. But uh, I, I mean, look, like I, like I said, I, like like I said, there was no letdown. Look, it gets tougher for uh, for Colorado after this game. But yeah, Nebraska, I think they're kind of at a crossroads. I don't want to say that Matt Rule can't get them back, but you know, it's gonna gonna be very interesting, you know, especially the rest of they they you know they let one slip away against Minnesota the week before. Week before. They had 10 days to prepare for this game. They, they still didn't look great, so I don't know. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, as I can see, sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, City Brown with you. Now, um, Texas, uh, is Texas back? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. 34-24 uh, uh, winning at at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So I think this is what, this, this, the first uh, loss for Nick Saban at home since uh, his first year. I think Louisa Monroe beat them. And uh, also, too, I think another stat here, this is actually the uh, the this is actually the first only loss for Nick Saban as a football head coach all three when he was at LSU. Florida beat them in uh, 1917. And it's actually also a Texas' first when it gets AP top three teams. You got to go all the way back to 1969. No, we're not that old, folks. But remember, uh, <laughs> they, showed on, they showed on the Longhorn Network all the time. It's on YouTube, too, uh, against Arkansas. That game of the century that was dubbed there back in 1969, the centennial year for uh, college uh, football. But, look, Quinn Ewers, look, this is sort of like a coming of age for him. He had 349 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Jonathan Brooks had a touchdown, a uh, uh, rushing touchdown. Um I don't name Mitchell. I hope I'm saying his name right. He had two touchdowns, of course, to, uh, to Taylor mm-hmm. uh, Sanders. No relation to, uh, to Deion or Shadur Sanders, a different Sanders. Uh, but he had 114 yards. But it was really – it was their defense. I mean, their defense actually looked really solid. I think they they sat um, – they sat uh, Jalen Monroe f- uh, four times, four or five times. So, mm-hmm. um, look, you kind of feel like the coming of age of, uh, of Quinn, so of yours, I should say. You know, he looks better. He cut his hair. He's more. He's a very spiritual guy. I think that's definitely kind of helped him center him. So uh, you saw it in 
look, I think Texas looks really good. I'm not going to say they're back, but they're on their way, I think. This was a big win for him and uh, Coach Arkees in that program in, the, in, the, in a while. Yeah, shout, shout out to Coach Steve Sarkeesian. Of course, he was a former offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. Of course, he worked. I think he worked with Alabama many years ago under Nick mm-hmm. Saban's staff. So uh, they took a, advantage of a couple of big busted coverages from the Alabama secondary downfield early in, in the game. And so they took advantage of that, scored a couple of big touchdowns. But I think we talked about this on Friday, Lakina, last Friday, that it was going to come down to the defense of Texas. And I brought up this stat last year that – Texas should have beaten Alabama when the game was in Texas last year. They had it right down to the wire, but they couldn't pull it off. I'm talking about the long courts, but they learned their lesson from a year ago. Uh, they they were more they were, they were the more aggressive team than the Crimson Tide, and it shouldn't have been a surprise that Texas got it out of there with the win. Not not just I think the surprise comes to the way that Texas dominated Alabama in yeah. Alabama because I think no one expected that. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, I think the score is more what shocked folks than the, than the fact exactly. that Texas won. I think some people they actually did pick Texas, but I don't think people thought that Texas were going to dominate the way they did. So uh, congrats to them. Uh, look, we'll see if they can build on that. They're I think they're at number three, like three or four right now. Um, yeah, this is actually the first time that all the Power Six conferences have been represented in the top five, so that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I mean, no really trouble. I mean, Georgia, Michigan, they didn't have any trouble. Florida State, no letdown for them. Ohio State, uh, uh, Kyle McCord looks like, you know, that's his his team. And, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. had three touchdown uh, catches. The Bears should so, draft him. Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, you know, had his fifth game of, of the you know, start of the last season uh, with 100, 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns and most of the FBS over that span. He's the only other player to do that for Ohio State was a Mr. Chris Olive, you know, Alave, who did that um, a couple of years ago. So uh, I think he wanted to make up from last week. So that was a you know, nice makeup for them. Uh, USC, no trouble with Stanford. Penn State, no trouble with Delaware. Uh, Washington, no trouble with uh, with Tulsa. Tennessee, no trouble with uh, Allison P. State. Uh, Notre mm-hmm. Dame they, and the North Carolina State, they had to wait, I think, for like an hour and a half because it was raining down over there. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> In Raleigh, so uh, they had to wait a little bit, but you know that ended up okay. okay. Uh, you know, Notre Dame beat the Bulldogs 45 24. Uh, Utah needed a couple of uh, late scores to beat Baylor 20 to 13. Um, so without camera rise, of course, he's recovered from that uh, ACL and uh, surgery. But you know, Baylor they had their chance to put this game away, but they didn't. Yeah, I did see a couple of clips from that game. I don't know what's going on with Baylor. They were on the top of the mountain in college football as far mm-hmm. as turning turning it around, and then now it looks like they're going back into the cellar again. Utah, when you talk about they opened up their season against Florida, won there, and now they had a comeback win at Baylor. This is a good character win for that program. I said they try to stay atop of the Pac-12 standings of battling Colorado right now, and perhaps USC as the top dog of overall. I want to get to this game, Lakina. I did check out some of this at the end when the secondary players got hurt, but it was the Miami Hurricanes, the U, going to 2-0. They defeated number 23, Texas A&M, 48-33. Tyler Van Dyke had a career high with five touchdown passes. 
Yeah, the first player in Miami history to throw uh, five TD passes against an AP top 25 team, which you thought that that way. That's kind of weird considering all the great players that have come, Quake QBs that come from that Miami program. He's the first guy to throw for uh, uh, five TDs against an AP top 25. But uh, look, this is a nice one for Mario Cristobal. Um, that, that second year, I forgot the guy's name, but he has been released from the hospital. He was released uh, yesterday, yeah. so uh, he's going to be uh, recuperating there. So, uh, you know, great kudos to that medical staff for getting to him pretty quick. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, that, that defense from Miami, I mean, look, I mean, they, they understood the Connor Weakman, you know, twice, and uh, that definitely put the game away there. So, uh, look, I mean, is the look to me, I think college football is better when my, Miami's at the top. Yes. So, you know, they're not there yet, but it looks like, you know, Mario Cristobal is trying to get them. You know, look, he won a couple of uh, championships with them, so he knows you know, the U and all that. He knows history very well. And uh, we'll see. I mean, look, Xavier uh, Restrepo had 126 receiving yards for Miami. So, uh, yeah, it looks like, you know, Van Slyke has been kind of like been knocking on that. Van Dyke, I should say, have been knocked on the, the door for some time. So uh, maybe they've finally started to find their groove. And, look, Miami, they're now 2-0, and so maybe they're starting to find their groove a little bit. Hopefully he's the answer, Lakina, because remember we talked about Miami the last two, three years on this show. Uh, they couldn't find the quarter. It looks like they found it now. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully they can keep it going. Now, locally, quickly in college football, focusing on the state of Illinois, the fighting line, as I fear, they go down to, to the University yes. of Kansas. They lose to the Jayhawks 34 to 23. And for those of you not making fun of this situation, but for those of you that who care, the Northwestern Wildcats won that whole open over – uh, UTEP 387. That's nice. Okay. Uh, and moving on. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's move along. Uh, Oregon and Texas Tech. I mean, that was, that was a thrilling game. Um, you know, 38 to 30, a couple of defensive stops by Oregon. Of course, it was kind of a, you know, a good but ugly game, too. I know uh, Bonix had an interception in the goal line, but it wasn't an interception in the goal line. So that was called back. Uh, it was a kind of back and forth a little bit, but it was actually Oregon's defense that kind of, you know, put the put the game away for uh, for Tech. It was a pick six, um, you know, that that kind of put that game away there. So, like I said, it was really the defense. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeffrey uh, Bassa had a interception, a uh, pick six that kind of put that game away for uh, for Oregon. So uh, yeah, tough. Look, that was not a, that's not an easy crowd, you know, to play in Lubbock, Texas. I mean, look, they I'm sure that place was rocking, and I uh, looked Oregon did just have to win that game. Yeah, we talk about Bo Nix, the, uh, the starting quarterback for the Ducks. Uh, he's a, uh, I'm not going to say a hidden candidate, but he's a, definitely a top five, top ten candidate for the Heisman Trophy. He has an arm, so we'll see what happens as the Oregon Ducks uh, continue to climb up. Uh, there's also another team that's trying to climb up in the standings in the soon-to-be uh, revamped Pac-12. Uh, the Battle of the State of Iowa took place last week, Lakina. In the home turf of the Cyclones, the Iowa Hawkeyes come out of there with a 2013 win. Uh, Iowa did score some points, unlike last week when they had 34 in that whole opening win. But uh, there were two touchdowns less, <laughs> scored two touchdowns less last Saturday. But they they escaped the Cyclones territory with the seven point win. Yeah, a couple of yeah, other defense, you know, definitely did step up. You know, I think they had a couple of interceptions. They they uh they said that Rocco Beck, who's only a true freshman, so I'm sure he's only going to get better uh, late. So uh, again, again, not the prettiest, but I guess if you're Kurt mm-hmm. Ferentz, you'll you'll take that if you're uh, Iowa and that defense. So uh, again, not a bad showing for 
Uh, that is what three in a row, three. I think this is what, what two in a row. I think for the uh, the Hawkeyes being the Cyclones mm-hmm. in that uh, that little rivalry there. Um, LSU. We look. We said that they were going to take it out on on Grambling, and they did seventy two to ten. Moving on. Yeah, K State over Troy, Oregon State. A good, a great showing there against UC Davis. Uh, North Carolina overtime to beat uh, Appalachian State uh, in two overtimes, forty to thirty four, and. Look, I know Mac Brown even kind of joked that he's got they'll, they'll have to play Appalachian State for a little bit, but because uh, <laughs> they gave him a little bit of fits. But look, I mean, George Drake may, you know, a, a solid showing for him. You know, 208 yards, again, not the prettiest, but, you know, uh, Omarion Hampton, you know, 234 yards, three touchdowns. That's got to be a record for uh, someone from North Carolina, North Carolina running back. It's got to be, or it's up there at the very least. So, you know, not a bad show showing there, but look, you do what's supposed to do. You're up against the wall against a, a dangerous in-state opponent, but they did just enough to win it. Yeah, Drake made that star quarterback for the Tar Heels. He could be the second quarterback taken in the in next year's NFL draft. He may be the second best quarterback in the country. He did what he had to do for uh, the men in blue to pull out that victory. I want to go to this game real quick, Lakina. And that was uh-huh. Maryland over Charlotte in that NBC Saturday night game, 38-20. Do you think Maryland can surprise some folks this year? I know uh, there are some few folks there whispering that the Terrapins could surprise some folks this year, at least get to a better bowl game. Yeah, we yeah, look, we asked Dave Dave Rebson about that too. And he said, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, they've got look, and and you know, I saw a little bit of that game, and look, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte's been pretty good the last few years, and and, and look, Maryland. I think they've. I think their defense, though. I think that's really going to be that. That's really mm-hmm. their like number one thing. That that front seven isn't very good for the Terps, so I'm a little worried about that. But look, I think offense. They can they can hang with the with the best of them. So it's really going to be if it comes out of defense, they the other third team may have a little bit of an edge there. But uh, again, I mean that 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 we'll see what happens with that. But I'm um, looking. You know, this this should be fun once Big Ten uh, play starts. Cause I think they can both play Michigan and uh, Penn State too. So I think. They could give give both those teams fits, so we'll see uh, what happens there. Now, was uh, was I want to get to this game here? The other uh, Saturday game was at the same time, so we'll turn back for this one. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, once again for the second straight year, loses to uh, Washington State. Well, Wazoo, Cam Ward, uh, two TD uh, uh, passes for uh, him, and uh, that air rate uh, right now is not looking good, you know, so far. They haven't been really consistent <laughs> with it, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to our, uh, our good friend of the show, Miss Kayla Anderson from 104.5 FM, Nashville's number one sports radio station. I know she's a Wazoo girl. I saw some of her pictures on the Twitter X over the weekend. I know she couldn't be any more happy than she was over the weekend as her alma mater uh, took down Wisconsin. Lakina, like you said, what happened to Wisconsin's offense? And I don't know about you, but it seemed to me that they barely, uh, they were scraping and uh, crawling and trying to score some points. They put up 22, which was respectable, but it just didn't look good from 60 minutes watching. Yeah, that air raid, I think they may have to do some adjustments with that air raid offense. That's not who Wisconsin is. So once they did start getting yeah. running backs the ball, I think it was just too little too late. I think one of the running backs even fumbled, which kind of broke the game up for uh, for Wazoo. So, uh Good, glad to figure that over there, up there at Madison. So we'll see what happens. Uh, real quick into this game, um, Ole Miss, uh, in a they pulled away from uh, Tulane. And then look, look, I mean, give 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 the Ole Miss credit for going there and uh, perhaps even you know, look, that could have been an easily loss. But look, Jackson Dart, he's been out around forever. It feels like had two touchdown uh, passes <laughs> for him and uh, Kai Horton, of course, one touchdown, one interception. But it was really their defense that kind of. You know, sort you know, get you know, put the game away for uh, Ole Miss. Yep, a couple other uh, late nights, uh, late night Saturday night scores to pass along. 
Auburn gets by California 14 to 10. And Oklahoma State beats Arizona State by 12, 27-15. They pulled away from them late. And uh, James Madison uh, upset Virginia uh, 36-35. Yeah, look, I I know that um, Virginia had that tragedy with the three players being Mm -hmm. killed before the end of the season. I know there was still a lot of emotion for that. But I don't want to say they use that as an excuse, but I think I'm sure the Virginia people want to win football games. So they lost a tough one against Tennessee last week. Then they lose to one of their uh, in-state rivals, James Madison, who actually been pretty solid in the FCS. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if – yeah, this is, not, this is not the start that they won, I'm sure. And uh, on the happy note, though, uh, Southern Illinois beats got the best uh, Northern Illinois in the, in the preseason game. Upset, yay. Yeah, 14-11. Yeah, another, another team that does very well at FCS. They've been, they go to uh, the, uh, the playoffs consistently. I'm talking about North, uh, Southern Illinois, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so a nice showing by them and uh, kind of a letdown for Northern. Yeah, did you mention the score earlier, Lakina? Uh, I know Purdue had a bad loss in their home opener against Fresno State, but uh, they bounced back with a 24-17 win over Virginia Tech. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that score. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, they were at Virginia Tech, too, Blacksburg. I know that's not an easy place to play. So if you're uh, Purdue, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely take that, especially after what happened uh, last week against Fresno State. So uh, go mm-hmm. on the road in you know, a very tough environment in Blacksburg. Yeah, that's a nice. That should be a nice little uh, pick me up for the Boilermakers. Okay, and uh, I know we got to close out for the bottom of the hour break. But who are your top three Heisman candidates right now? Through Ooh, two you're, weeks. You're, oh, you're putting me on the spot right now. Uh, hmm. I know. I know. Caleb Williams. Look, he's a he's a guy to beat. So uh, unless someone knocks him, you know, knocks him out, he's been putting up good numbers. Um, I think Sanders, and I think I'll even put Quinn Ewers up there. I think he's definitely earned uh, a okay. spot to be in a, in a Heisman conversation. I think. What about you? I think I just only have two. I think it's Caleb Williams first, and Shadur Sanders of Colorado second. For Shadur Sanders, uh, it starts this week with Colorado State, and of course they have Oregon and USC to follow in the next two weeks. So I want to see Mr. Sanders put up those numbers against better competition. He's done well so far this year, like in the eight touchdown passes, I believe. No turnovers. If you could do that in these next three games, the Colorado comes away with at least two out of those three games with wins. He's going to be out there striving, striving with Mr. Caleb Williams for that Heisman Trophy. Yeah, absolutely. So it should be interesting. And like you said, it's going to get tougher and tougher for Colorado because uh, that Colorado yes. State squad is actually pretty good. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, sure the, I'm sure they'll be ready. So, uh, yes, they will. The Rams, they'll, be, they'll be ready for them. So uh, Yes, and we'll speaking of Colorado, uh, both uh, Fox Big Noon Kickoff and ESPN College Game Day will be in Boulder once again uh, this coming week. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to have both of them because they usually they usually they rarely do this to go to the same campus in the same week. So uh, mm-hmm. this will be. Well, Fox is back to back. Yeah, because it was supposed to because supposed to go to Champaign for uh, Illinois and uh, Penn State. Yeah, for Fox, yeah, and they said nope. <laughs> yeah, I think they saw Illinois' performance against Kansas. They were like, uh, no, no thanks. But um, yeah, well, we'll mm-hmm. see. Like I said, Penn State's gonna want their revenge after what happened uh, <laughs> last year. So uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. they're gonna want their revenge. But uh, well, we'll talk about that on Friday. So we're gonna take a really quick break. I know our buddy Brandon's been wanting to talk baseball. We're gonna get to it, Brandon. I promise. And of course, we got the doors <laughs> open. And also to Old School TV Monday should be a good uh, little nice little tight things to wrap things up here. Second season sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown. Gonna go to the diamond coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. 
this jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on this Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow my Kina McGill on the Twitter and I can get the IG. This is the last break of the show. This is our last break for the yeah for the show. So uh, less than a half hour to go. So you have any last minute questions or comments? You can put them in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Look, the best ones and the most creative ones, Lakina will put them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder: you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. 
All right, so we're going to do this rapid fire because, of course, we're up against it, but I want to get this much as possible. So, yeah, baseball, keep it short and sweet and to the point. Unfortunately, now the Cubs did salvage one game against uh, the Diamondbacks. You know, Kyle Hendricks had a great showing yesterday about, what, six, five and two-thirds. They only had, like, like, two hits or something like that. So it was Cody Bellinger and Christopher Morell and Danny Swanson. They were the guys that kind of you know, got it going for the Cubs, which they really needed that win after what happened the last three games before. So... You know, there's still three games up on Milwaukee. They didn't lose too much ground. Thank you, uh, New York Yankees. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, real so real quick, uh, your quick snaps of, of the Cubs and the, that Diamondback series. Uh, so we mentioned Kyle Hendricks is uh, the savvy veteran for that Chicago Cubs team. Of course, he's the – I think he's the number two pitcher for the Cubs next to Justin Steele since Marcus Stroman will not be back anytime soon. Uh, Hendricks did the job yesterday, was four strikeouts, even though he gave up seven hits to five and – two-thirds innings. We talked about this on our show last Friday, Lakina. Of course, after we got off the air, the Cubs lost that tough one-nothing game, especially with the weather with the weather yeah. changing a little bit here as we starting to get into fall. You have to manufacture runs and not depend so much on the home run. Arizona took advantage of the small ball through the first three games of the series, but as you mentioned, the Cubs' bats woke up yesterday. It was led by Desmond Swanson. You need those veterans to help uh, uh, lead uh, lead the younger guys, and and that's what happened yesterday. As we said before, we'll say it again: as long as the Cubs uh, put up between four and seven runs a game and get good enough starting pitching, they should win the majority of those games. Now, in the playoffs, we all know that runs come at a premium, and the Cubs, this Cubs team, has to start getting used to that now. So, uh, from here on now, they're going to have to play playoff type style baseball, and that's what yeah, they did well- yesterday. Yeah, they did. So hopefully they can keep that up. And uh, the Sox, I mean, they lose two out of three in Detroit. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. What what caught your eye in the MLB uh, this weekend? <laughs> uh, shout out to our guy, Mr. Brandon Schutz, uh, in the chat. Uh, and he brought up in the comments about C- uh, your Seattle Mariners. Yes, they lost three yeah, out of I four. Know. I saw it. Uh, <laughs> to saw the Tampa it. Bay Rays. While yeah. the Baltimore Orioles take two out of three from – Boston, Boston, the Boston Red Sox, of course. Yeah, yeah, Tampa Bay uh, keeps on rolling. While the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, they came back from an early 2-0 deficit against the lowly Royals to to win yesterday and to sweep that series. So the the American League wildcard chase, uh, Seattle stumbles, but Baltimore, which they'll probably end up winning the AL East. But it's Boston, Toronto starting to make a move. Mm-hmm. Could we say the Yankees? But I'm not buying them. I'm really not. Yeah, I mean the Yankees. They're I think what they're what like eight, like eight back. They had to jump over. I think mm-hmm. like three teams uh, before, like two teams, and then they got to jump over Boston. And I know Boston, you know, had a you know up and down showing over the weekend. You know, Texas is right there too. They had a really mm-hmm. good weekend. So. You know, they look. You, you, look, they still got about what, about six weeks left. So you never like five weeks, five weeks, five weeks left. Easy for me to say, I should say. So you never know. They got about a month left. So uh, you never know where things have happened. You know, these last few weeks. So, uh, but look, they were uh, they uh, they they lost uh, Dominguez. You know, I think he has a UCL injury, so he's gonna. Yeah, be that's out. sad. Yeah, he had four home runs in his first eight games, and then this yeah. happens. Yeah. And he was one of the reasons why the Yankees got up is back to basically back in it. So uh, losing mm-hmm. him, yeah, that that's gonna be that might come back to bite them. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, my my Mariners. I mean, oh god, I mean, I, you know, but but yeah, but look, I I, I guess look, it, it happens. I mean, hopefully we can kind of bounce back. I know Tampa, you know, losing three out of four in Tampa, that's not an easy place to play. So I'll, I'll let that slide. 
Um, they did reinstate a clinic from uh, the IL, so that should help them out a little bit. Give Beefman up, you know, help hopefully help uh, Julio Rodriguez out in that outfield. So, uh, but I'm not too worried. Look, there's still look, there's still a lot to be decided here. Both, both all, some of these divisions, and well, well, okay, we said the Minnesota. I think they're they're I think they've already got that uh, Central wrapped up. So yeah, so look, Cleveland. The, the, this time last year, they were taking it to the White Sox, and this year. They're taking it to themselves, and it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's pretty bad. And uh, look, like I said, Milwaukee. Thank you, Yankees, for uh, winning that series against them. Those they didn't lose too much ground, which is good. So uh, you know, didn't lose too much ground in that series. They're they're, they're back to they're basically back to where they were when you know before that that game. You know, they're three games back. I'm talking about the Cubs are in that division. Mm-hmm. They're still up, I think, two in the wild cards in that you know, for that second wild card spot. So you know, hopefully, it can kind of get it going there. Um, the the Dodgers. Um, I know they've been having some problems lately off the field, but they did look, they did win two out of three against Washington. You know, they, they didn't make it easy for them. I'm talking about the Nationals. So, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, they should be able to, they wrap that thing up. And uh, the, the Braves have already clinched a playoff spot. They already clinched the, 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 the East, AL East, uh, at least I should say. So, uh, don't have to worry about that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they magic number time on Atlanta oh, six to clinch the division in at least. Yes, so uh, yeah, they're the first. I think they're the first team to clinch their, their division. So uh, everybody else is still. I know Minnesota's probably. Always, I don't know what their magic. I'm talking about the Twins' magic number is. So I think they'll they'll probably be next. <laughs> hopefully they'll do it here this weekend against the Sox, but who knows? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah shout out to our guy Brandon in the chat again. Uh, I was about to bring this team up, the Houston Astros. Yeah, they take two out of three from the San Diego Padres. Another yeah. team that's been disappointing uh, this year, and the Astros. Uh, have a pretty good shot of taking the AL West as we, as I said, looking in June and July at the All-Star break. You know, Texas got out to that hot start. Don't be surprised if the Astros start turning it on, and they're doing it right now, especially uh, with those bats. And also, too, the San Francisco Giants, uh, they swept the Colorado Rockies over the weekend. I know they beat them last night on Sunday Night Baseball 6-3. to We were ready to throw dirt in them uh, around this time last week. I guess they got swept by the Chicago Cubs here in Chicago on the north side. But they were down 4 nothing on Friday uh, against the Rockies, came back to win the game 9-8, to eight, of course. Uh, they dominated Colorado again on last Saturday, 9-1. to one. Of course, they won a close or, um, last night, 6-3. to three. So the San Francisco Giants trying to keep up with that Diamondbacks to, for that fight in the NL wild card. Yeah, they only a game and a half back for that final wild card spot. So they're still look, they're still mm-hmm. in it. So uh, look, yeah, look, they took care of business. They were they're supposed to, and you know, sweeping the Rockies. So uh, should be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, these look, these next year, what four weeks, four or five weeks left in the season? Mm-hmm. They get very interesting. Yes, and shout out to the Miami Marlins. They take two out of three from Philadelphia over the weekend in Philadelphia. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's not yeah good for them, but bad for Philadelphia. I mean, this was a mm-hmm. chance to kind of put them away. In the wild card side, you didn't, and now they're kind of like breathing down your necks. You're still leading the wild card, but like you got about four or five teams behind you. You know, we would love to kind of get that top wild card spot so I can host a wild card uh, game. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting though these next few weeks. Now, going to the schedule real quick. Um, you got Atlanta and Philadelphia. They're starting their uh, four game series that's on right now. St. Louis and Baltimore. Baltimore trying to pull a little bit of distance between themselves and the uh, the Rays and the uh, AL East. Excuse me, Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, they got another <laughs> double. Well, they got two doubleheaders too. Of course, you know, they, of course, because they didn't play in Philadelphia, they couldn't play like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So they're bringing, making up for uh, that game. So you know, two games that doubleheader. Uh, Texas and Toronto. Both teams need this game. You know, desperate to say within distance of the AL wild card. 
uh, Diamondbacks and uh, Yankees. You can help yourselves out, Yankees, by winning this series. The Mets. The Mets. Oh, I keep. Why do I keep? Why do they look that their logos look so much alike? I don't know why, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure the Mets will love to play spoiler though for the Diamondbacks. I'm sure now the Yankees do play Boston, so uh, both this could be a elimination series for uh, for both teams in the AL wild card. So uh, mm-hmm. of course the Royals and the White Sox, yuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, the Marlins and Milwaukee, yo, go Miami. <laughs> and finish out the rest of the schedule for tonight. You got Tampa Bay at Minnesota, Oakland at Houston, the Cubs at Colorado to face the Rockies. Uh, the Angels at uh, Lakina Seattle Mariners, uh, Cleveland at San Francisco, and the San Diego Padres will travel to Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers. And other series that are starting tomorrow as goals at, like this, Cincinnati's at Detroit, Texas is at Toronto. That should be a good series. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cardinals and the Orioles, I think they start tonight, so um, I digress for nothing. You already read that one. Remember, no Fox Saturday baseball this week because of college football, so the Fox Saturday baseball schedule will move to this Thursday. Most of the country will watch on Thursday at 6 o'clock Chicago time, the Yankees at the Red Sox, while the rest of the nation will get Tampa Bay at Baltimore. Yeah, both have uh, huge playoff implications too. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if uh, look that like I said that that Yankees Red Sox series is probably going to be an elimination series too. The Yankees are trying to kind of catch up a little bit. So uh, yeah, so it should be interesting to see what happens in that series. Yeah, real quickly, Kim, before we move on, a uh, shout out to our guy Nick Morawski, a uh, former of Locked On White Sox podcast, but he still has his own podcast with Pat Hester called Good Guys Talk Back. That's once again good. Good guys talk back. You can listen to that podcast wherever you download your podcast, and you can watch it the live videos on YouTube. We had him on this show before, and hopefully we'll have him on again. If the White Sox do anything interesting this off season, mm-hmm. but uh, he gave me a shout out last night because I, I, I put, yeah, uh, he gave me a shout out last night. He and because I put up a post about Johan Makata. Of course, he was injured once again on Saturday with that yeah, right knee. That. He's, he set out yesterday's. Lost to the Detroit Tigers. I put up a post uh, this time last week because remember, I think I brought this up at the All Star break. Lakina, when he was coming back, I said if Johan Makata decides to swing the bat, if you're now new GM Chris Getz for the White Sox, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be smart enough to trade him. I know you're gonna have to eat a lot of that money because I think he's owed twenty-seven, I believe, million dollars next year. Yeah, million, whoever yeah. trades for him, the White Sox got to pick up a list, list, at least a big chunk of that salary. Salary. It depends on who you get back. I'll at least make some calls to see uh, who, who wants Johan Makata. Like I said, he brings the glove every day, but that bat has been disappointing throughout his whole White Sox career. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting if they decide to, you know, Chris, because it's going to be his first big move. We'll see if he can, you know, if he does make that, you know, probably going to be his big first big move as a new uh head guy of uh, baseball operations to, you know, try to maybe ask get rid of that contract. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, he has his work off for him uh, this offseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see if he can do that. But, yeah, I'm interested to see what will happen. But, uh, yeah, it's going to get very interesting. They'll wrap up. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and then move Michael Kopech back to the bullpen for the rest of the year. But he's still going to be a starter in your rotation, in the starting rotation for 2024. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> probably be, uh, you would think he would be a little bit more uh more useful in the bullpen but again i digress but uh right like i said yeah like i said yeah of course we'll, we'll see what chris gets us so it's gonna get very interesting we'll see what happens there as the second season sports uh sports in chicago with keenan mcgee sitting around with you these next you know 15 to 20 minutes let's wrap things up and we're gonna uh, go to tennis really quick Just won the U.S. Open. And those highlights were from the uh, U.S. Open uh, YouTube uh, channel, social media channel, too. I know it got a lot of views over the weekend. We'll talk about the Novak Djokovic winning another U.S. Open title in a second. But, yeah, 19-year-old Coco Golf uh, wins her first uh, Grand Slam title, uh, beating Sabalenka uh, you know, in three sets. Um, she, you know, the only other woman that can say that in the Open era since 1968, also as a teenager, she was – uh, a young Serena Williams who was 17 years old who also won the U.S. Open in 99 after losing the first set. So, uh, you know, congrats to her in, uh, in that front. But, yeah, a lot of the parallels there. We saw her comments afterwards. She kind of she called on all the haters. <laughs> so I wish she had a clip of that. But, you know, but she kept it very classy. You know, she didn't, you know, she wasn't the O2, you know, like, you know, she kind of kept it, you know, kept it even keel and said, hey, you know what, look, you know, she you kind of say, hey, look, sorry, guys, you just gave me more fuel to the fire. But uh, hopefully it'll be the first of May for Miss Coco, uh, Coco Goff. Yeah, congratulations to Coco Golf for winning that U.S. Women's Open title. Whoever made that call, that was a terrible call. So I didn't like the tone of that, but I'll leave that alone. Number two, remember she was coming on the scene. I'm talking about Coco Golf a few years ago. It was her, Sloan Stevens, and Madison Keys. I don't know what happened to Sloan Stevens, but I know Madison Keys was struggling with injuries and whatnot over the last few years. I know she was making it back. I'm talking about Keys now, and she fell short of reaching the – U.S. Open's women's final, but Coco Golf is, has made a comeback trail as well. And you saw in that match on Saturday that she hung in there with some Belenka, but you know she had a little bit more than Celebalenka at the end there to take the tie. But I think for Celebalenka, one, I'm tired of that grunting. That's just me being petty. But in all seriousness, you know that long match that she had with Madison Keys on Thursday night, I think that took the toll out of her as you, you saw in the beginning of that match on last Saturday against against golf. Uh, it's all about uh, about fatigue and then how much energy that you have left. And I didn't think Celebrinka uh, had it toward the end of that match. No, she really did. I think she kind of ran out of gas. You can she was starting to mm-hmm. ramp up and tighten up a little bit. You saw her getting some work with a trainer during that, the award right before that third set. You thought that maybe, you know, after winning that first set, you thought, oh, great, this is going to be like what happened in the French Open. You know, with Coco, she was, you know, mm-hmm. with the first set, but and she was. She was down a break for a little bit, but she fed all the energy from the crowd. The crowd kind of, you know, guided her to come back. Look, that was, it was, a, it was a, kind of a who's who out there. Um, you know, out, out there for uh, the U.S. Open. Of course, you had a, you know, Martina who has like, like about five or six of these uh, uh, U.S. Open titles. You saw Monica Sells who won in '95 after her uh, her unfortunate attack on her, you know, a couple years prior. You saw KD, you know, out there too. So 
you know, definitely a who's who among, you know, some of the, you know, the big, you know, sort of uh, things. And you saw, you saw Coco afterwards, you know, hugging her, her parents, of course, Brad Giver, who remember when I said after she lost in the, at Wimbledon before a uh, week, before the second week, he said, look, I can help Coco. I can help her out. And mm-hmm. soon enough, you know, he was hired to be one of her coaches. And uh, look, she gave him a big hug af- afterwards. So, uh, Yes, kind of a coming of age story. Look, look, I'm not going to stop trying to say she's going to win like 23 like Serena did, but hopefully mm-hmm. it'll be the first of many for Coco. Yeah, so and I talk about all the time what's, who, are, who are the uh, new and up-and-coming stars uh, in golf and in tennis, especially in males, men's tennis in the U.S. It looks like we may have some stars on the rise there, but we see it on the women's side with Coco Golf. Hopefully, like you said, if she has a career like the Williams sisters, there will definitely be a tremendous, but yeah, hopefully Sloane Stevens can get back her magic like she started off with a few years ago. Hopefully Madison Keys can use that loss that she had against Salablinga the other night to keep herself going because I see I can see her win a few more titles. Uh, those, those two, I'm talking about Madison Keys, those three women, I'm talking about Keys, Sloane, Sloane Stevens, and Coco Gauff. I think they could be the faces, the new face of U.S. women's tennis. It's right there for yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's right there. I mean, look, there, there's really no dominant um, women's player right now. I know Sabalenka is sort of like the new, new number one. Um, I know uh, Swartek, I know she's been, you know, mental struggle. She lost in, uh, early on in the U.S. Open. Uh, who knows if Naomi, Naomi Osaka is going to come back. So, like I said, it's, it's right there. For I know she just had a child, too. She has just had a baby. So, yeah, so you don't know mm-hmm. when she'll be back. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Now, on the men's side, of course, you got to give a little shout out to one Mr. Novak Djokovic. Uh, pretty much, I don't want to say dominated uh, Daniil Medvedev, but I think he wanted his revenge from losing to Medvedev a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> winning the Grand Slam. And, uh, of course, his, you know, his fourth uh, U.S. Open, which is crazy to me. Like, he's only won four U.S. Opens? Okay, I guess that makes sense. Uh, he's, he's now 24th. He, he now uh, ties with Margaret Court from years, years ago because she won the first one back in 1972 when it first started showing it on television. Uh, she he now ties with her. This is 14th hardcore major title with the U.S. Open uh, victory uh, yesterday. That breaks the tie with Serena for the next most by any by male or female all time. Still breaking records. He said he's not done yet. This is his third time winning three of the four uh, Grand Slams. I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself for losing to Alcaraz in that level. <laughs> he's still going to be kicking yeah. himself with that. But and he's not. Look, he's not over. He's not done either. He's basically said, "Look, I'm not done yet." So uh, he's gonna. You're gonna. You'll be seeing him till. <laughs> He's already said he's going to play in the, in, the, in the Olympics four years from now. Not this, not this, not next year's Olympics in Paris. But I'm sure he'll he'll still be in Paris next year. But the one after that in 2028. So uh, <laughs> does age creep on this guy or what? He must be in the greatest health of his life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you saw his uh, comments afterwards, of course, you know, he uh, gave a shout out to Kobe Bryant. You know, he was they were very close friends. You know, he, you know they talked about the Mamba mentality and winning mentality. I think he wants to kind of. You know, keep you know, keep going as long as he can, and uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, his revenge tour, I guess, so he can get those healthy. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lakina. Anything else that caught your eye in the world of sports before we hand it over to Old School TV Monday? Um, I guess shout out to the sky for making the playoffs. I mean, yay! I, I yeah, mean, call me crazy, Lakina, but it's been. Uh, I know it's not the same team that it was last year or a couple years ago when they won the title, but. This has been one of the most quietest seasons for, for the Chicago Sky that, that in recent memory. I know they're now ex-head coach uh, um, uh, Mr. James Wade, Wade. Uh, James Wade left to take an assistant coaching job with the NBA Toronto Raptors. But outside of that, it's been very quiet. 
I, I think because no one really thought they were this like the first fifth straight trip to the playoffs, I think. So I don't think no one thought, especially with all the defects, def, the deflections and mm-hmm. of course, you know, way leaving in the middle of the season to get a, to get an NBA coaching job. You know, I know Claire Copper, I know she felt that they had a lot to prove. So I would be surprised if this guy run out of gas. I think they got I think they had to play the Liberty, I believe. Wait, I think the, 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 oh no, they played the the aces in Las Vegas. I know uh, you know, Candace Parker is still out right now with that heel injury, so that might but yeah, I think the I think the Aces are on a mission. You know, they're still pretty good even without her. But I would be surprised if the Sky get their butts kicked. I'm sorry, but yeah, I think this. I think they're gonna run out of gas mentally. I think they want to. I think Copper and the rest of the team wanted to prove that hey, we didn't need you know, uh, Bandersloot and Parker and James Way. I think that was more like a prove it to them. So yeah, I would be surprised if they lose you know pretty easily in the first round of the playoffs. I just I just don't see them going far. But I don't you know, prove me wrong. But I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. So, like I said, we room for the sky, but, you know, it's going to be a tough run for them if they get into uh, the playoffs. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports. Sid Lakina here with you. We're live in the Living Color of Sports Zone Chicago. All right, Lakina, as we always do around this time, we end our Monday shows with a good bang. And today for Old School TV Monday, it is obvious, Lakina, I had to do it. We will celebrate the anniversary of America's number one football pregame show, Fox NFL ah, Sunday. I should have known you were going to do that. I should have <laughs> known that. Fox NFL Sunday debuted on September 4th, 1994, 30 years ago, when Fox inaugurated its NFL game broadcast through the network's recently acquired broadcast rights to the National Football Conference, the NFC. It was originally hosted by James Brown, Terry Bradshaw, Harry Long, and Jimmy Johnson. The program was notable for being the first hour-long NFL pregame show on a broadcast television network. The network pregame pregame programs that exist beforehand, such as the old school NFL Today on CBS and NBC's NFL Live Air 30-minute broadcast. Fox the Foxes show also adapted a loose, looser, more irrelevant approach to its predecessors in order to appeal to the network's more younger audience. Fox NFL Sunday was also the first network to air pregame program to originate from Los Angeles, where CBS and NBC aired from New York City. And also to Fox, NFL Sunday was the first pregame show to do pregame shows traveling on the road, like some of these uh, cities like they went to in 1997 alone. They went to Washington, D.C. in week three, week four of the 97 season, Minnesota and Green Bay. Week six in 97, Tampa and Green Bay. I remember that one vividly. 1997 at Cole Lambeau Field, Dallas and Green Bay. Of course, that was toward the end of that Dallas run. And for Green Bay, too, a couple years later. And, of course, the first playoff pregame show from the road, it was on January 4th, 1998, during the 1997 divisional playoffs between Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They kind of like changed how everyone else did their uh, their pregame shows. Once CBS got the uh, got their got the got football back in '98, they started mm-hmm. having their NFL say an hour. Then you know they started traveling to some of the big games too, and then they started you know going remote to some of the other games and stuff like that because they kind of they kind of fit off each other from that. So uh, yeah, look, I mean, Fox NFL Sunday has definitely been. Of course, you got you know Frank Caliendo. Then they had did it. I think Rob Ribble did it for a little bit. And, you know to kind of mix up a little Jimmy Kimmel got his start from there. Yeah, he did it for like the first like think about like like first like six or seven for like five or four or five years. Yeah, he, yeah, he got on in, in the year two thousand. Did it for about like three or four years before he did his 
We started sounds his late night show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and look, I mean, they, they kind of helped, you know, sort of like pave the way for a lot of these other ones. You know, of course, NFL Countdown, which is like, what, three hours, I guess? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 NFL Network's uh, game day Sunday. You know, there's like three or four hours. Well, mm -hmm. seven or eight hours if you, if you count the other, the earlier uh, ones. But, yeah, yeah I mean, they definitely, uh, they, changed the, they changed how uh, networks did their pregame shows. Now you wonder, you know, like, look, uh, you know, Howie Long still looks good. He's aged very well. Uh, Michael Strands became a staple on that show. Jimmy Johnson still looks great. You know, he's got to be like, he's like in his mid seventies now. Mm -hmm. Terry Terry Bradshaw, I mean, no shade, loving the pieces, but I'm wondering, like, this could this be it for him in the next couple of years? Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, but look, I mean, look, Kurt, Kurt Minifee, you know, seamlessly, you know, once James Brown went back to CBS to do the NFL Today. You know, Kurt Menefee came in. He was doing games for Fox for a few years. Mm -hmm. You know, when Fox originally had it, first started having uh, football, came in. You know, he's been doing series. I think like twenty. This is like what his twenty third year doing, or 20, it might be it might be even less than that. I might be off on that one, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like, that definitely uh, helped. And you know, some great moments, like you said. I mean, you know, on the field stuff. You know, a lot of teams weren't, a lot of uh, shows weren't doing that yet, and some of the other stuff too. Like you said, the the picks and whatnot. So yeah, it was actually they definitely paved the way for a lot of the other. Uh, for a lot of the other pregame shows. Yeah, and don't forget when Jimmy Johnson left to, he to head coach the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins in 1996. Yeah. They had Ronnie Lott for two years, yeah. and then, of course, they brought over Chris Collinsworth once NBC uh, lost his contract to air Sunday afternoon games because they were losing money at the time. So mm -hmm. yeah. Chris Collinsworth uh, held that seat down for years before he was joining with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Of course, that's when it brought Jimmy Johnson back in 2002, I believe. And, of course, yeah. like you said, when James Brown went back to CBS – uh, they had Joe Buck hosting those on the road pregame shows, and they had him do everything that yeah. year. And of course, yeah. um, Kurt Menefee picked up the slide, he's still doing a great job. Of course, Michael Strahan joined that show uh, in 2008 following okay. the Super Bowl win for the New York Giants over New England Patriots. He retired, so he, he's still there to this day. I know times have changed and things have changed, but I, I don't know if you caught the, the pregame show yesterday, Lakina. I did watch the first block of it. Shout out to Anthony Anderson who opened up the show. But mm -hmm. me personally, maybe they'll do this as the season goes along. But I hope they have some flashback clips of the first few years of Fox NFL Sunday because it, that was fun. Because when they opened up the the uh, uh, when you saw the opening, and you heard that music. Do 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 do. They had that blimp coming out, and they yeah. had those comedic opens. I love those. I wish for one week this year. Fox Sports will do an uh, old school Fox NFL Sunday open with those comedic opens. I love those. Also, can those must see TV. Yeah, hopefully they'll do that. I mean, like they got the whole season to do it, so and this is their thirtieth year. So I'm hoping. I wish they, they did it yesterday, but they didn't. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do like a little, maybe a, a special, a 30 year special about you know Fox NFL Sunday. I'm sure they'll do that. I'm surprised they didn't do that before, you know, before the, mm -hmm. the pregame show. I know because you know, especially during the the other the the earlier pregame show parts, I remember Clarissa Thompson and the uh, and the and the gang there. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if they do that, I mean, like it's their 30th year. They they definitely, uh, like I said, definitely uh, broke the mold for a pregame show. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm hope, I'm hoping that they do that. Yeah, and also too, Fox became the first network to have an overlay scoreboard uh, constant on the screen. You know, as all these networks are doing it now, but Fox was the first TV network to do that once they got the NFL in 1994. And just some of the announcers that that had a long careers over there, Lakina. Remember Joe Buck? And, I, and for those of you in Chicago, may have remembered this. Joe Buck. Uh, did football on Fox before he did baseball. Of course, the Fox got baseball in 1996. You know what Joe 
I believe Joe Buck's first game was. Oh shoot! I just saw the door. I just saw it on YouTube. I forgot. Ah, uh, darn it! I just saw it on YouTube. Damn it! Because uh, okay. they were doing like a. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Because they've been figure it out. Okay, but if you're in Chicago, you remember this. Uh, it was supposed to have been a, a doubleheader day for Fox. It, the national game was Philadelphia at the Giants, followed by Dallas at Pittsburgh. Remember, the, the NFL black rules were real straight back then. So the Bears yeah. played the Buccaneers in Soldier Field that day. And, mm-hmm. of course, us in Chicago didn't get, didn't get the doubleheader, and I was so pissed. But Me too. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, if you remember, like, and I remember this indefinitely, remember once the pregame show went off the air here in Chicago, guess what game they started off with first for the first five, seven minutes? Philadelphia and the Giants, and then after it turned 12 o'clock, whoever got in trouble flipped that switch to the Bears-Buccaneers game. I, re- I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, and then thank- thankfully they're not. Thankfully though, they they live those blackout rules. They that they realize mm-hmm. that hey, some of us actually may want to watch two games or three or four games. So uh, yeah, I'm glad they they uh, they got rid of the blackout rules. Thank goodness. I ha- yeah, yeah, I hated those back. Ooh. I could we yeah we that means we could watch. I wanted to watch those Giants 49ers games in the old yes. East. I yes, and those watch. Cowboys games too. Yes, Ooh. Cowboys and 49ers. Look, we, we look, we lost out on watching that that dynasty because we could have watched the, the second games because you know we had the, the the Bears game would be out at noon and they would suck for the most part. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, and, mm-hmm. and we could watch. Or they were on NBC, and now yes. no, they were on NBC at noon or at three o'clock, so you couldn't get the other game. Uh, uh, it yeah. was crazy <laughs> back then. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, for our younger listeners and viewers, there was no NFL in the red zone. There was no nope. internet. So nope. you had to watch the TV. You had to read the no newspaper. Streaming. Yep. No yes, streaming. Yes, there was no streaming so, back then. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you had to actually watch the game that that had on. Thankfully, you know, streaming and then thankfully, it lived those blackout rules. So, uh, yes. you know, thankfully, whoever whoever thought that was a good idea to lift those uh, blackout rules, God bless you. Hopefully, you got yeah. it. And shout out to to Kenny Albert, who calls just about yes. everything for Fox. Uh, this much. this is his 30th straight year with the company as well. I don't know if you saw his um, saw post that. on Twitter on last that. week. You know, his his yeah, first yeah. game notes he put out there, it was the Arizona-LA Rams game that he called with Ron Pitts. And I think that game's up on YouTube now, too, in yes. its entirety. It so. is. I saw, and don't I saw forget, that, that was yeah. the last year of the Rams uh, in the Raiders in Los Angeles. Yeah, the well, the original uh, L.A. Rams in the original. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just confuse yourself there, but yeah, yeah. I think he was only, think he was only what I think what thir- in his early thirties when he first did these. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure he got a lot of flack. You know, of course, you know, Marv Albert's son, you know, yada yada yada. But he's he's more look. He has a very good resume of stuff. You know, doing NFL, yes. doing NHL. Um, so you know he's been doing NHL for years too. So uh, yeah, so he's 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 got a good uh, catalog of stuff in his resume. So uh, you know, yeah, give give Kenny Albert his uh, his kudos. And also too, he doesn't fill in work for the New York Knicks on MSG, and he's been mm-hmm. doing that for the last decade or so. I know he hasn't called any national games for the NBA, but he does it locally for the Knicks. I mean, he fills in for Mike Breen from time to time. Yeah, whatever, whatever Breed does. There's an ESPN game, you know, and mm-hmm. he feels that he chips his rims. Like, yeah, so yeah, so give give him his kudos, folks. Yeah, he's got a nice little catalog resume for like 35 years worth of stuff. So, uh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, God, we're getting old. Good <laughs> 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 grief. But uh, yeah, so uh, we salute uh, Fox NFL Sunday for Old School TV Monday. All right, Lakina, right, take us home. Oh, I, I thought you were good. <laughs> I thought we were going to do first. Okay. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. 
Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We are. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while, while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, if you didn't hit that like button on the way in, make sure you hit that like button on the way out, whether you're watching us live and on the replay. Uh, we, I'm seeing that we've been getting a few more likes here recently with our episodes. So keep, please, yeah. please, please keep the support coming. And with that being said, you can catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. Catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And, of course, just want to say this. I'll go to all girl Christine's probably going to be watching this later on. Uh, you and I are, you know, she and I are actually going to be uh, back a game uh, against you, Sid. You, you, got, you won seven games. We only won six. Thanks a lot, Chargers. Um, I need yeah. the Jets to win tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we all picked the Jets. We all picked the – oh, yeah. Well, you know, y'all say, yeah, because if, if the Jets win, you go up two games. If we – if the Bills win, we tie. The three of us are going to be tied, you know, going in. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chill like that, so uh, yeah, that, yeah I, I can't. I don't look the look the Giants and Cowboys game was a blowout, so I actually I was actually had time to do this. So, uh, <laughs> but enjoy enjoy all the games. I know the uh, WBA I think starts I think Wednesday. Their their playoffs are Wednesday, but mm-hmm. also the baseball. You know they're gonna be finishing up their season, so uh, hopefully the Cubs can uh you know get it going here. Um, okay, for so for Sid, I'm like Kansas for Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Bears, holla! Yeah, let's hope. <laughs>